Well, hello there. Thanks for listening in. Welcome to another episode of the Sex Nerds Under Podcast. This episode is brought to us by AdamandEve.com. Please check out their website. We have a special promo code for us sex nerds. It is, oh, surprise, sex nerd. You get 50% off almost anything in the store, free shipping, and on top of those two awesome things, you get three free DVDs and an extra gift. Speaking of being on top of things, check out the sex stool at Adam and Eve for $99.95. And I gotta tell ya, this sex stool is so simple. It's lightweight, it's got some metal on it, it's got some very flexible plastic that you sit your bum on. It's a marvel of basic engineering, I have to say. I've seen this puppy in person, I've never played with it myself, and just looking into it, I am shocked at the bench load of enthusiastic reviews it's got so um we chat about furniture for sex a little bit later in the show which inspired me to snoop around and i found this little gem for you so you are welcome to check out this sex stool at adamandeve.com and utilize our special promo code sex nerd for free shipping on your treats 50 percent almost anything neat you find that you like uh, plus three free dvds and a secret gift enjoy now entering Nerdist.com Welcome to the Sex Nerd Sandra Podcast. Whoa, what are these kids doing in here? Hey, if you're under 18, go ask your mom. Now that we're alone, let's start the show. Okay, so getting right into it. Last week, I asked you how you thought I felt about age play when I was interviewing Mako, um, which was a really fun, interesting topic to chat about. Because after we concluded our, our interviewing session, I asked him, like, what do you think? Because I, was, I tried to be very neutral during the show because I didn't want to show any bias. It's a sort of a, sometimes the journalistic integrity takes over and I, I want to be neutral and, and objective about these things to really try and draw out the information. I don't want it to be about me. So I asked him after and he's like, well, I think you're curious, but I think you're kind of judgy about it. And he kind of, he was like, mm, no, I, I think you could be into it maybe, but probably not. And I was like, oh, honey, I am such an age player. You don't even know. You don't even know. You don't even know. And actually, I don't think I've ever mentioned that on the show. So you don't even know. And of course, now that we've explored an hour-long session on age play, my disclosure is really that I am I love role play and I love power play. And I think I've talked about, um, I just enjoy so much about that. So I fully resonate with regression, age regression and aging up and playing with age dynamics within um, a, a sexual relationship. I think that's a really fun thing to do. Um, but I didn't want to be all like, woo, yay, this is fine. I wanted to handle the subject with care. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, I just thought it was funny that he thought I was like super judgy secretly. Um, what else? What else? What else? Mm, oh, okay. So this week's episode, we first traveled to Philadelphia for a live show with comedian Daryl Charles and sexologist Dr. Timory Schmidt, who they also are co-hosts of their own show in Philadelphia called DTF, the Daryl and Timory Fun Hour, in case you're in Philadelphia. Um, and later, we hop over to Washington, D.C. to chat with sex and dating expert Tuana Hines, where I gently get my ass 
handed to me, and I appreciate her for doing that to me. And I must apologize for two things. One, I seem to be a bit of a spastic cat during these episodes. I'm just a bit hyper and not quite, hmm, I don't know. I think it was maybe a lot of caffeine and a lot of being tired during these recordings. Um, and I also apologize because there is some feedback in, in the speakers in the live show. So I apologize if the sound's a little off. Mm, but um, I think it's listenable as I've just listened to it. Mm. So thank you to Taboo Lounge in Philadelphia for having us there. And remember, the holidays are approaching, so score Sex Nerd totes and tees at sexnerdsandra.merchtable.com because they will sell out, and they're happy and red and cute, and I like them, and I put my sex toys in them for when I go and teach, and and I get compliments because they're cute. Okay, enough of that. Go Team Fun. Enjoy the show. Hi! Oh, mic stands. This is different. I usually hold my microphone. How do you feel about this? Should we do mic stands or just hold them? It, it lets me hold my drink better. That is a very good point. Exactly. Let's do that. Right. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hi. Oh, wow. Philadelphia. My goodness. You guys are a shy town, I'll tell you right now. I am a little bit... I'm feeling things, Daryl. It's good. Feelings mean you're alive. You know, I... <laughs> I ideally want to open it up to a comic every show. I, I want this to be a, a collaborative experience. And your warm-up ends on the high of farting in your wife's mouth, which I, I don't think I've actually ever talked about this on the podcast, but... <laughs> I'd hope not. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that. If you like to fart on each other, then I say go for it. No, I know. I, there's no... I. The minute I turn sexual, everything's fine. But, <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to that sort of intimacy between two people, like I've had all these long-term monogamous relationships, uh-huh. the intimacy where you can actually pass gas in front of your partner is still something that I cannot handle. I cannot do that yet. Oh. I still, I know. Oh, I mean, that's, <laughs> it's a personal thing. Do you, do you run? No, I, I just, I'm, I have very strong sphincters. <laughs> just keep it to yourself. I don't even want to talk about it. Like, I don't really want to talk about it, but I feel, <laughs> I feel like it just needed to be said of like, you can't pop that cherry. And it's something that maybe, you know, I'm coming to terms with my shame. So, like, this is healing in a way. Go on a date to a Mexican restaurant. (laughs) Uh, No, I would just go home early. (laughs) I would just go home early. Like, I rent a hotel room, I'd leave. (laughs) Which is so strange because I'm like, anyone else's bodily functions. I'm like, go for it. Hey. So, they they can fart around you? You just fart around them? It's just there's something. I think I was, I think I had early partners who just laughed at me and, like, oh, that was cute. Oh my god! Yeah, and they did some sort of laughter thing where I was like, "No," and made you feel bad. Yeah, I feel awful. And then no one's ever a laugh is probably the best reaction one can get to a fart. <laughs> of all the things one could do, indifference is worse than a laugh. Uh, is it? Is yeah. it? Should I be laughing instead of being like, be a human? Yeah, like. Oh, well, I mean. You can laugh at it, or you can go, "Oh my god!" And then that's that's normally what my wife said. Oh no, yeah. So my indifference of because I'm not shaming. I'm just like, I just pretend it didn't happen. But in like a, I'm not 
secretly mad at you kind of way. Is that? I guess. Does anybody else just pretend it didn't happen? Who are pretenders? Yeah? Okay, you're pretenders. Who shames? Oh, come on. It's a safe space. You can shame. It's fine. (laughs) You're a shamer? You slap him on the hand? Oh! (laughs) How dare you! We've got a we've got a shamer. Who who, who are laughers? That's oh, oh all the hands! About. All the hands came up. Hell yes! Oh, this may be the beginning of my healing right here. Like, so I should laugh at my partner. Laugh at your you should <laughs> laugh at yourself. When you let a good one go, you should congratulate and laugh. You'd be like, I was, I feel better. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Slap your stomach. Be like, yeah. This wasn't even the topic that I wanted to come down and talk to you about, but it just, like, you know how you, you thought you were just going to go to coffee with your friend, talk about whatever, and then all of a sudden you're crying about your relationship? This is like what happened just now. This is what's happening. Guys, oh my God, I'm so excited to be here. So tonight we are going to talk about something that's on my mind, Daryl and me, and hopefully you. Also, questions and comments. Guys, I podcast in a small room with very few people, and then one person in the corner judging the entire time who's also operating all the recording equipment. <laughs> and this is what I don't get to do. I don't get to travel the world and like meet you in person and get your feedback and, and all that. So I also want to hear from you, because dear God, I cannot answer all the email. I just cannot. And I apologize for that, and I'm sorry if you were one of those people who didn't get a response. Um, I love you. Um <laughs> So, um, Daryl being a black man, mm-hmm. and me being a half Asian type small person, mm-hmm. uh, I was almost like, "Yay!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you a half Asian small type person? Half Indian small person. Oh, half Indian small person! Woo! Uh, air high five! Excellent. Um, I wanted to talk about mm, like the fetishizing of races right now because there's like some nodding going on i like it when people are like okay i'm strapping in strapping in I'm feeling it i'm feeling it um because being half asian like i've definitely had um people who've wanted to date me and have sex with me be i mean oh yeah poor me somebody wanted to sleep with me <laughs> like that's not that's not the point i'm not saying like poor me i'm saying is it's an interesting thing to have someone Fetish, like be like, yeah, look at your yellow toned skin, like, mmm, and like, oh, okay, <laughs> like, me like you long time, mmm, like, like, you know, is there anyone else who's Asian-ish in here? Okay, we've got the half a- Indian South guy, Asian, yeah, South Asian. Okay, yeah, I'm all alone. Else. Oh my god, guys, don't get. Is there anyone else who's kind of black? Wait, one. Is there one, anyone who's kind of black? One lady. Hey, all right. We outnumber Sandra. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. No, the Indian guy and me oh, make like one full Asian Y'all continent and some continent yeah, person. Half a continent, half a continent. <laughs> All right. Okay. Oh, I'm surrounded by white people. That's cool. That's, That's, cool. How, I li- That's how I live my That's life. Cool. It's America. You can't not be surrounded by white people. <laughs> like, do you get sought out as like, Someone who's feeling like chocolatey, like just like going for it. Kind of like swing, like we had the swinging episode, and they were talking about like the chocolate room, how it's like people want to take a ride, no. you know. Um, <laughs> um, it's happened every once in a while. Not, it's not like really to be like fetishized. Not really. One time I was telling jokes on stage, and in the middle of a joke about me being married, this this one white lady in the front uh, just yelled out. Uh, take off your pants 
My joke had nothing to do with taking off my pants. It was actually about uh, my honeymoon. Um, and that was a little weird. I was like, did you really just interrupt the story about the love I share with my wife to request my penis make its entrance? It's really weird. Do you ever feel... Have you ever felt like there was some pressure around being a black man and the size of your penis? Um, I expect big things, Daryl. I'm well, not going to lie to you. I... I aim to satisfy. Uh, <laughs> similar to a Snickers. <laughs> hey. Um, no, I... Well, every once in a while, I'll catch somebody at work, look at my dick. I think that's weird. Wait. I, yeah. I work in an office. So, like, I, I work in an office, and, and every once in a while, like, I walk into somebody's cube, and they're like, hey, Daryl, and then they do the, the eyes dart down and come back up. And I'm like, yo... <laughs> I just emailed you. Like, that's not even... We're at work. Like, I get, you know, people have parts and stuff, but not at work. I'm trying to not get caught gandering at people at work. I just, I try not to. I usually do it when their backs are turned. Maybe it's because I like butts, but still. Well, I guess that it has lots of advantages. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's happened. But like, never interpersonally, not really. I mean, I... I I'm an asshole, so I, I'll just tell everybody my penis is huge. Whether that's true or not is not the point. The thing is that I just do it. I guess in, in some ways I'm avoiding the conversation. When I, I was in a relationship and I got out of one, and um, I was like hanging out in D.C. With, with friends of mine, and I kept like pointing out all these cute Asian women that were around to my friends. And I was like, damn, she's hot, and all this stuff. And... I did it a number of times to the point where even I had to go to my friends like, is this wrong of me? Because I'm not pointing out... I mean, there were plenty of different women. They were all attractive. Not, they weren't all attractive, but a lot of them were attractive. And I was like, is, am I fetishizing Asian women? And then my friend was like, no, because you're only pointing out the attractive ones. The ugly ones you don't even mention. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I felt good about it. It's weird that that makes it better, but it kind of does. Of course it does, because attraction is attraction. You can be attracted to somebody, and then they happen to have the things you like, you know? That's true. But to only want the thing That's true. is weird. I suppose the perception of being Asian-ish, because really I am just Asian-ish, but it's just enough for some people. It's enough for me. And there's... (laughs) Hey. 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 Like, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can do that. That was that. amazing. Yeah, oh, thank you. <laughs> no problem. I give you. It's me trying to do it the other way. <laughs> oh my god, we could totally. Why don't we just d- pretend date for a minute? And yeah, it's just. Hey, what's up, y'all? Uh, oh, so sorry. <laughs> no, I. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you'd be um, real sorry and shit. <laughs> You mean, I, I feel like... <laughs> Gonna be real sorry in a minute. If you don't clean the dishes. <laughs> oh, someone just said if you don't clean the dishes. There's so many layers to this. That's true. I have no problem with fulfilling that role of somebody's... I mean, I had a partner who was just deep in the fact... Like, just, yeah, like, everything. I was golden. I was... I was well, that's a little racist. <laughs> 
slightly yellow, yes, but not golden. That's the. Oh yeah, I was glowing golden. I'm like, I guess I'm kind of olive. Okay, sure, whatever gets your dick hard because that's what I need right now. So we're friends. Um, you know, it's fine. Sure, it's okay. But here's something that bothers me is if you go on OKCupid's uh, trend blog, I don't know if anybody has anybody been to that blog. It's fascinating all the data. If you look at all the different um, ethnic groups, uh-huh. like men and women, black females are the ones that don't get as much attention as all the other groups of people. Oh, like that's. <laughs> I I mean I I guess there's a bit of the fear of an angry black woman thing. I don't, I'm processing it. I mean, clearly, we don't have that many to represent, so maybe I should save this conversation. Well, there's for, one. How do you one? feel? <laughs> do you, do you want to... Do you have anything to say? No, it's... It's because, like, on the podcast, like, I don't particularly racially profile my guests. I just am like, you know about this. You know about this. You have opinions. And I've had several where it was like, oh, I have two black females uh, as my guests. I didn't realize that was a thing. Like, that, that's, you know, who, like, what was it, the... One of the dating episodes, and uh, we didn't like talk about race, which is odd because I was like, "Oh right, you're black. I forgot." You know, like it just wasn't the top of my list. And then the more I'm thinking about it, it's just like it's not okay, and I don't understand why. And it's been bugging me. But of course, you can't you can't really fault people's preferences. I mean, it kind of just works that way. Sure, there might be like socioeconomic things that are lending to people doing that but I don't think people are like ooh black woman I I mean well you're a comic I feel like there are so many jokes about the black female like sure yeah no I always hear it there are plenty of jokes about the black female there are plenty of jokes about the white female the Asian female and there are jokes about all of us you know female (laughs) so yeah but I mean yeah to go stereotypically I guess there's there is a fear of black people in general and fear of black men can lead to nice, beautiful cuckold scenarios. But oh, that's fear, right. But fear of black women doesn't doesn't really turn that coin the other way. It's hmm. not like oh, this black woman's dangerous. I can't wait for her to <laughs> rape my man while I watch. Like that's not that's not really the way that goes. Interesting. Have you ever cuckolded? Oh, been invited. Hell yeah! No, I, no. <laughs> no, I never have. I, it would be fantastic. I mean, what? I'm really enjoying that. Um, <laughs> but also just... Like, I just find like, perceptions of ethnicities really interesting. I mean, also just... Some people might choose to date white people. You know, like that's It's not like one way. Like everyone... You're all... You all in the audience can be like, like oh, that hot white person. <laughs> like, like, like we're all... We can all be that person. Yeah. Um... But I think what's interesting is is that perception of like you're putting on this like tough persona as the black guy, which is really funny. But at the same time, yeah. you're an engineer. Yeah, I have. <laughs> yeah, I also I also enunciate. Uh, I was gonna say you speak really well. <laughs> well, thank you. I've studied at the best schools. <laughs> taken many a calculus course. <laughs> Hmm, it's nice. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know. Math. I don't, I don't have math jokes. Pi and stuff. Pi equals mx plus b. Am I right? <laughs> hey, it's the equation of a line. I want to. I want to brag. I'm just tired of being pigeonholed in the dating scene. It's stupid. That's why I got married. I was tired too. Yeah. 
Oh, that's love. No. How is no marriage? No one else will fuck me. Um, <laughs> marriage is cool. We we uh, like two years, some two two some change. Has the sex stayed adequate? Adequate. I, mean, I was gonna work up from there. No, no, no. I mean, it's a good question. I, I guess when you when you get like we didn't live together until we got married, right? Oh, interesting. Yeah, like, yeah, because she cares about that stuff. So we didn't. Well, the success rates are higher when you haven't lived together first. She has a lot of reasons and books behind that. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we didn't we didn't move in together until we got married. So you get married, and then you you end up with that shock of. Oh shit! I have to live with this person, and then you have to deal with like how they put the toilet paper on the toilet roll and all this other stuff. So I think when we first got in together, sex was probably more frequent because we were around. But then you know it, it evens out, so it probably goes less than desired and back to more than desired, and then it kind of peters. Mm-hmm. Not peters, peters out like like it, it it asymptotically hits your mean. Am I right? Hey, hey. But does everyone know what the word asymptotically means? Asymptotically. Like, it, it approaches it. It approaches it like this. Or oh, like it's that. like a swooping, it's like, like a, a swoop soft to a, swooping, to a, to a evening. Mean. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. it's a swoop to a plateau. But it never, never quite, quite touches. Right. Never quite touches yeah. what? The, the number. Yes. Oh, my God. That's so hot that you all know that word. <laughs> I'm really into that. It's strange. I'm realizing something about myself. Yeah. So, I mean... Someone's like, fetish. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't label me. Don't box me in. It's an Asian lady with a math fetish. That's, not, <laughs> that's so cute. I hate you. Oh. Which is funny because I also like, periodically study martial arts. <laughs> I just really want to punch things. Um... Oh my god, I'm feeling so much. Um, actually, that's something that I'm feeling. And because, um, you know, going on this tour has been an interesting experience. Because, uh, one, I realize how many people have cats. Like, everyone has cats. Everyone, every, All the friends that I stay with all have cats. Um, also, it's really awkward to masturbate in your friend's guest bedroom. Like, it's just something about that, that I just don't feel comfortable. And it's like an interesting territory thing, like I respect. Which I'm realizing, like, why, you know, I thought I could do it anywhere. I could do it. You can. Hey, I, think, I think my main fear is that <laughs> oh. I'll leave a well, the stain. Pers- wait, the person that I'm staying with just waved at me and went, you're fine. <laughs> It's like, oh, 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 thank you. Really horny, thanks. Um, what were you saying? I'm sorry. If I'm masturbating in someone's home, uh, I'm more worried that I'll leave a stain. Even if, like, I'm totally clean and, you know, there are ample towels. I'm just worried that there will be evidence of my action. But I guess that just, that's just from childhood, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I come, it tends to kind of stain at least temporarily. So, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. I mean, I guess, oh, proof. But I don't think they're really examining the sheets. It's just something... I don't think they are. I think they probably just ball them up and throw them in a washing machine. And it's not... Mm-hmm. I If I've had guests over, I don't... <laughs> when they leave, like, well, let me make sure. Oh, they like butt sex. That's disgusting. Like, I don't do that. <laughs> uh, that, would, that would be terrible. I would yeah, be the creepy weird. one in that situation. Although, you know what I've noticed is that at uh, sex parties, like uh, whether it's a little more new agey or more like uber swinger... Anal penetration seems to be a thing that is not on the table. Like, even after the anal play has begun, I'll, I'll get wind of some... <laughs> 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 of, of the hosts. 
in a request that in the future there not be anal play. And this has happened a couple times. And then, you know, maybe I'm involved in it in some way. Maybe I'm just cheering them on. But somehow I, I found that that tends to be like you just sort of assume it's a no until you know you ask. But I've just realized you ever want to have anal play at an adult party? Ask the hosts first, apparently. You know, because that might be on the no list. You don't know. You don't know. You never know. That, that smells hard to get out. Yeah. You can kind of turn the room. Oh, hell, but even if there's not much scent, even if people douched her, even if everything right. was fine, there, I think there's something... Don't like butt sex? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just for the, for the public play area sometimes. Huh. You got to take it to a private room? Maybe. I well... I don't know. I'm asking. I mean, I specifically was like, mm, maybe not in our home. Maybe not in our home. Wow. Like, like, but like, you can understand. I mean, whatever. Are you sure. I guess you understand. You, it's their house, their rules. They could say, hey, nobody put mouths on things. <laughs> they could they do that, too, if they want. No humping the furniture. Yeah, yeah, basically. That's true. If I were to host a sex party, I guess I'd want everyone to use towels. Just because I'm lazy for cleanup. Yeah. Um, Don't leave stains. Yeah. I... No masturbating in the guest room. Oral sex only yeah. in the guest room. Ooh, that's what I want. I want a giant house and have arbitrary rules for every room. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. Then you're like talking to a girl. You're like, hey, you want to go in here? She's like, hell no. And you're like, damn it. Like no nipples room. Like you can play with the breast, but no nipples. Oh, that's, that's a challenge. Yeah, that's, but that's a fun challenge. Because so often they're just like, boom, right on the nipple. It's like, right. God. There's more. Like there's I'm, more I'm a whole person. Like exactly. there's a lot of boob. Come on. You gotta take this to the Oreola attic. You, that's where you gotta go. The Oreo addict. Oreola attic. Areola. Attic. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's cool. I, it's an alliteration joke. Yeah. No, I was appreciating the alliteration. Appreciate that. Are, areola attic. Mm-hmm. But then, ooh. But areola is still different than nipple to me. Exactly, it is. Whoa. That's what I'm talking about. You just gotta, oh. just gotta do the. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta get it just with the with the index the finger. Yeah. Just a little. Yeah, or the pinky. I guess you gotta wet it first. Get the bumps. I'm excited. Um, excellent. Can I get the bumps? Hell yeah! <laughs> why? Why am I so entertained by this? I, I feel love like bumps and shit. <laughs> oh my god! I love that you're my token black guy now. I'm gonna miss you. You ain't gotta miss me, baby. <laughs> we got Skype. <laughs> I just want you to get your giant big black dick and hit the little camera. Can you do that for me? <laughs> I done broke two cameras like that. <laughs> Aw, token black guy, you're the best. <laughs> you the best too. Now do some karate shit. <laughs> happening in my life <laughs> oh my god okay so all right uh, what i was saying beside the cats was that um <laughs> going on this trip i've spent a lot of time actually with friends who are married or in relationships and living with a partner and that's something that i've never done that is a new frontier for me is living and with a partner long term. And so I'm curious, and I keep, and, and it seems like a personal question, but I ask all my friends, what's the sex like when you're living together? Because I imagine I'd be, well, I'd be boning like bunnies. I mean, I, I know I attack a lot, but then I might get lazy after a while. And well, I don't. That's the fun of it. Because you can't, it, one, it depends on the relationship. Both people like to fuck, then they'll do it. If they don't, then they won't, I guess. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't know about that one. Uh, 
But yeah, I mean, what's cool about it is like, yeah, you have your own place, so it's the two of y'all, and so it can happen wherever. If you want to do it in the kitchen, in the hallway, in the thing, any time of day or night, wake the person up. Wait till they go to sleep. And just leave things on them. You know. Oh, okay. I guess you could do that if the person's sleeping over. But what's fun is they still got to get up and go to the same bathroom. <laughs> Here's a question. If I'm staying at people's homes and they're, they're a couple and they've been together and I assume that they're fairly sexually active, should I just assume that they've had sex everywhere in that apartment yep. or in that house? Everywhere? Yes. Everywhere? Um, make people. noise if you agree with that statement. Set it free, guys. Just let it go. Normally, wow. there's a checklist, and you you check things off as it happens. Okay. So I feel like if my if I, I feel like once that happens, I feel like within six months that would be the the case with me. Like I feel like everywhere, you know. But yeah, why not? Well, change the scenery, even if you're doing the same thing. It's true, but maybe you learn something. I feel like. I feel like so many people have Ikea furniture, and that's kind of dangerous, so I feel like some furniture, maybe... No, like, you need sturdy, like, like, really, like, if you can't afford some awesome Ethan Allen shit, like, just go to secondhand stores or something, but get, like, the hardwood stuff, you know? Like, I always size up people's coffee tables to see if it's good for bondage, you know? Like, if it's a little bit longer and has these really decent, strong wooden legs, I'm like, yeah! How about you've tied up your partner on that? Yeah! Like, you're just dirty talking my head about it. I, please continue. <laughs> Cool. Um, I'd like to welcome up our sexologist in the room, um, Dr. Timory Schmidt, Yay! who is also the person who has allowed me to masturbate in her guest room, apparently. So I'm really excited about this. Welcome to the stage, Dr. Timory. Yay! Huh? No more Volvo Puppet? No more Volvo Puppet? All the Volvo pu- 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 Puppet. Okay, so you need a mic. Oh god, this is gonna be complicated. Also, okay, all right, this is gonna be great. Because yeah, if anyone was there, buddy, it's cool. We can share these. Yeah, we go way back. Okay. We should sing like something from the fifties, like this. Only that was magical. Make my dreams. Sorry. <laughs> More committed to it than I. More committed to it than I was. Yeah. Um. Dr. Timurie, or just Timurie? Is it weird to be called Dr. Timurie? Whatever you like. Okay, Timur, Tim, Timo, Timmy. No, that's weird. Timurie. <laughs> From 1996 to 2002, I was almost exclusively referred to as Living on Living on Timurie. So, Timmy over here, she's got a PhD in human sexuality and teaches over at Widener University. So, I don't know if you sex nerds know this action, but this is like a seriously diploma uh, sexy monkey right here. Like she's seriously, she's got the cred. And she teaches uh, up and coming sex educators. It's really exciting to have you on the show. Hello. Thank you. Um, we recorded earlier today about this whole situation that, like, will be released in a few weeks. I can't even, I can't even handle it. But right now, do you have a Volvo puppet? I have a Volvo puppet strategically placed 
Somewhere between my knees. I'll leave it at that. No, 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 no. Oh, you mean like in real life, like at home? Like in life. Oh, in life. I feel like every sex ed person needs a vulva puppet. Do you have one? I had one. I think I loaned it out and I never got it back. But like I know enough folks that could make me one should the needs arise. Like uh, the Screw Smart Chicks are an excellent source of all things crafty and genital related. Oh, that's good to know. By the way, do you realize that there are 20,000 sex educators in this city? Like... But Make noises. Okay, 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 wait. Shh. Yeah. Yell really loud if no, you're not aware of that. Yeah. Okay, yell really loud if yes, you're totally aware of that. Yeah. Whoa, those are like two different octaves in terms of sounds. Yeah, it's like. The same people who like to have sex in different rooms. Well, who likes to have sex in all the surfaces of your apartment or home? They just feel shame. There are a couple. It's all right. You yeah. stick to your bedroom stuff. All right. It's totally unfair to have you self-disclose these things. It's like this is just rude to make There's, you scream. It's, it's also too no, too binary because if you're saying every single surface, like I'm gonna be real with you, I don't want a toilet involved. That's my that's my hard line. That is my thing. I don't judge anybody else who wants a toilet in there all the time. Whatever, but. I, I will only... Not every surface. That's all I'm saying. I can't woohoo to every. Okay. But what if the seat is... Like, the seat's down, so it's just the cover. And then think about it. It's basically this nice, narrow seat that's low enough that when you're straddling someone else, you can possibly you know, hit the ground. Like, you, you have things to push off on. Like you, it's a great surface for play. No, I'm not, I'm not yucking anybody's yum. By all means, do the damn thing. I'm just saying, I am scared of toilets when they're on TV, much less in my real life. I am not okay with train spotting. I'm putting that out there. Oh, yeah, no. I have reoccurring uh, toilet dreams. Yeah, I don't know what that's about, but it's just I think it's when I need to pee. A toilet just, uh, like arrives in my dream Is but it's always like in the middle of a giant room oh okay i thought it was the dream where you you go and then you remember that you're asleep <laughs> it's not that one where you you have to go in the, the pee pee dream where, where you wake up then and you go pee you wake up and you've you've already started no 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 i don't no. i don't regularly pee myself no thank goodness me neither <laughs> you go to hell Oh my god. That's really funny. No, I just always, for some reason in my dreams, I always have to pee in a very large room. And considering my weird feelings around like, bathroom bodily fluids and things, I just, it's really upsetting. And there's always something, I mean, come on, just go, just go. I'm always like, no. Or like, I sit there for a really long time and I just can't because it's a dream and it's just the way it's going to happen. It just, yeah, it's weird. Anyway. So, to Marie, I don't know. I don't know what to say. If a toilet showed up in my dream, it'd be a bad scene. I had a dream the other night where I had to pick up individual kittens and move them from one bed to another. <laughs> That's adorable. Right? I'm jealous of your stupid, That's, cute dreams. That's what's going on in there. Wait, as a sex, as a sex educator and sexual sexuality professor, do you have sex dreams or like career-related dreams or where it all gets mixed up? Oh, well, yeah, incessantly. And there's, like, a, there's a mixture of when I'm, like, awake enough, like, maybe it's a lucid dream where I'm, like, having contemplations about the gender and orientation 
uh, paradigm that this is representative of or what theorists would have argued that this is what it is. Uh, and then there's also just like, yeah, oh, rub that. That's a good time. Yeah. Oh, so you're, oh, you sound I'm, healthy. I'm a normal human. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need, I'm working on it. I'm still working on it. I, my sex dreams have completely shut down. Like, I just haven't had any in a long time. Well, maybe you don't remember them, because you're not supposed to remember most of your dreams. Like, that's an indication you're not getting enough sleep, actually. That you were woken up during the course of coming back um, into awareness. That you, you were awoken too early. So I need to sleep more, and then I'll have sex dreams. No, you need to have like, an alarm go off at random intervals throughout the night, and then whatever you were dreaming, just write it down, and then you'll know that you were oh, dreaming about right. sex a lot. That helps you access your dreams. That's right. Mm. Okay. All right. Because I really would like... I think I've had one orgasm in my entire life in my dreams. Yeah. He's like, they're both upset. They're both upset about this. No, I mean, no, no, I think that's fine. I don't think I've ever had an orgasm in my sleep. Really? I like to be awake for those things. I mean, usually that's how I get to bed. But it's while I'm sleeping, maybe I'm just empty. I don't know. <laughs> Are you implying you've never had a wet dream? Well... I don't think so. But the body can ejaculate. You don't necessarily be ha- need to have a dream associated with it. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I never... I mean, I've woken up and there's been stuff there, but I just assumed I didn't wipe it all up before I went to bed. <laughs> fair enough. That's fair enough. Uh, guys, so... I've got Timory here. You've got me here. Does anyone have... Let's have an orgy! I don't know what the laughter is. I mean, I'm <laughs> the most awkward. Actually, I didn't tell you this because Tim and I have been hanging out a little. Oh my god, I totally want to talk, call you Tim. Is that is that allowed? Do it. Do whatever. Tim. Whatever makes you happy. Ree Lee Schmidt. Just call you Schmidt. Are you are you shoving your drink into my Volvo puppet? Yes. I'm a big fan of that. That it is not a drink cozy. I'm a little offended and also impressed with my puppet. Like she can really take it. I warmed her up first. <laughs> did you? Did you really? Because there's ice in here. I'm, okay. I actually I need help. I need help because okay. I've been trying to name my Volvo puppet for a very long time, and there's nothing sticking. Like I kind of want to call her Julia Chad. Like hello. Hey everyone. You know whatever. Um, Megatron. <laughs> I like that. Oh, I have a friend named Megatron. Sunny Megatron. The clown sex episode. Walter anyway. White. What? Walter White? Man. No, no, no. no, no. That's Jesse Pinkman. <laughs> oh, call it. Oh, Pinkman. I could be like, oh, but he's such a little bitch. Oh, my God. Thank you for agreeing. I hate that guy. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm like way uh, back, I'm not even up to the right season yet. So you you can't even just better better breathe. Yeah, because it's gonna get crazy. Is all I'm saying. Ah, uh, I hate that guy. Breaking Bad. Okay, I mean, I don't assume that you all watch that show. It's just it's a, things are happening right now. It's very emotional. Pinkman. Oh no, I can't name it after a terrible character. He's not terrible. I he's got. He is a jerk. He is a jerk. It's not just about his vocabulary, bitch. No. <laughs> no, he's a terrible person who's like incredibly selfish and he should have been murdered so fast. Yeah, yeah, his girlfriend died and it's his fault. Whatever. 
The thing is, he's a jerk. I, I just think that he's kind of whiny. I don't know if he's a jerk. He's just whiny, wah, 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 within like all this. Like, lots of shit went down. You know, he's you can process. But literally the only character that feels guilt. <laughs> you can clap louder for that. No, I'm not going to judge because you. because most people don't agree. He goes from feeling... <laughs> He goes from feeling guilt to being all like, fuck these bitches in like two seconds. That's why. And he puts Walt in so much trouble that he doesn't even care that he does. Okay. I don't want to spoiler the rest of the show. (laughs) I'm really enjoying this. I'm not that far in, but I'm pretty sure that everybody. I am the host of this show. (laughs) I love that I just said that. It's weird. I don't need to say that. We're safe it's fine. We are not calling you Pinkman, Volva. It's not going to happen. Okay, so Margaret Snatcher was the New York show's vote. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, what was the other one? Margaret Snatcher. That was really good. Oh, uh, Georgia O'Queef was also thrown out there. I think of the Boston show. I'm not really feeling that one. No, I mean, some people are really proud of their queefing. I'm. I feel queef. I'm queef neutral. I don't know. But do we have any? I mean, it doesn't have to be a pun. But I don't know. It's just. Is it a political figure? Does she look like a... Does she have feelings? Like maybe she's just a Bob or a Fred? Huh? She looks like the Pope? She's got gold and and red? Pope Pussy? Pussy Pope? Nurse Ratchet. Nurse Ratchet? Get in my pussy. Um, Am I the only other person who's seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Is that like, what just happened? Okay. I saw it on stage. I didn't see the actual movie. It was really upsetting. I get nervous. I only saw the beginning. But it has a hood, and I just thought of a nun. I don't know any nun names. You guys ever seen a Volvo puppet before? Right. What I love about this is that it's got a gigantic clitoral hood, which is like emphasizing, yes, this is very fucking important. Pay attention. Like, peekaboo, there's the clit. Oh, it doesn't have clit legs, though. Those would be like up in here. But that's pretty exciting. But yeah, I like the inner. The thing that I think is crazy is that, is that the urethra? Because it looks like a flower. It totes as a flower. So it's a little flower urethra. For those who are listening, the urethra is the peepee hole. And you shouldn't really put anything in there. The more you know. <laughs> Was that your version of sex ed? Because I loved it. It's as close as you can get. I've seen porn where people have put stuff in those, but it's neither here nor there. I mean, you can put something in there if you would like, if it feels nice, if you enjoy it that doesn't, sensation. It doesn't. I, it can't. Well, blah. wait All right. a minute. Well, I've had a uh, Q-tip put in my urethra. And I didn't like that at all. The context of a urethra uh, cotton swab situation is it's just its not erotic. Like, it doesn't sounding matter. can be really hot for that people. That shit hurt. It wasn't about yeah, erotic. It just hurt. And so I don't know how female urethras are, but I can't Similar. imagine it. Oh, yeah. yeah, just a tight hole that's not meant for a Q-tip. <laughs> yeah. The utilization factor is up for debate, my friend. All right. Well, you know, whatever floats your boat. Labia Baines Johnson? <laughs> oh, you just labia... Huh. I kind of like... <gasps> what is it? Hillary Clinton. Hi- <laughs> Hillary Clinton. Clinton. Cl- 
Clinton. Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Hillary. <laughs> Hillary. Um, I feel it. I'm, I'm not sure. Hillary Clinton. That's working for me. Yeah. Better than Chelsea Clinton. Am I right? <laughs> I don't know. There's something about... I kind of want to give it a sci-fi name, like Cylon 9 or something. Like, ah! Seven of Vagina. No? All right. Then no. Okay, fine. How many Cylons were there? There were 12? I don't know. Okay. Cylon 13? Hmm. I don't know. Like, the special... I'm not sure. I like, I like Megatron, but I have a friend named Megatron, so that's weird. Clitter. Inara. Inara. Oh, a lot of people liked Inara. What's the name of the female engineer on Firefly? Kaylee. Kaylee? Has she been in anything recently? Has anyone seen her in anything? Hallmark movies. I saw her at a cocktail party recently. And I kept staring at her. She's beautiful. <laughs> you know, she, she's kind of grown up, but she's like a beautiful woman lady now. Like, you're not wearing overalls anymore, but you're like so beautiful and sweet. Maybe a little kinky. Who knows? I don't know. You don't know? I just, I just like to imagine. That's all. It's weird. Firefly? No? Sorry. She likes... Oh! oh they hate you! They hate you! And hey, look, I, I watched all of Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, all right? So I've earned my cred back. Damn it. Oh, my God. God, if we talk about, like, yeah, street cred of... I fell asleep during Serenity, so, huh? Oh! Say something else terrible. Say something else terrible. Oh, man. Uh, uh... Of a, a a full clitoris looks like the face huggers from Predator. I mean, uh, Alien, <laughs> Alien. It does with the furrow and the thing. It comes down. It looks like that. Well, I mean, Alien was designed to look like highly feminine anyway. I mean, like that is the most feminine monster that exists. Like really, like by definition, yeah. I mean, so the and and it's really interesting when you get to like Alien versus Predator because Predator is like hyper masculine. He's like a big Jamaican dude. With a gun? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> the dreads. And I don't know. That's really all the Jamaicanness of it. But um, but yeah, so it's like the, the alien is so like inherently female. And it's all about egg laying and then like mother issues. And then, you know, you got Ripley who's going to go like fight her and calls her a bitch. You call a monster a bitch. Um, it's, yeah, it's like H.R. Geiger decided to be like basically a just... Def- Alienish female. It just is a female. It just is. Yeah. I never watched that movie because I knew it would scare me and I'd be sad. So y'all don't care that she never <laughs> saw Alien. <laughs> but a dude doesn't watch Dollhouse and y'all get upset. <laughs> Firefly, get Both it of right. Them. Nobody cares. Since X-Files, nobody's cared about a sci-fi thing on Fox. Whoa, you you have clearly lost the zeitgeist. <laughs> clearly. I'm just, I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> I was a big fan of Heroes. <laughs> okay, so here we are, guys. Um, I want... Here's the thing. In your lifetime, 
rare that you actually have access to a snarky comedian, a PhD human sexuality professor, and uh, a sex nerd that lives in Los Angeles. Um, that's me. Uh, so, does anyone have any questions or quandaries that are happening in life or curiosities that you want to ask right now? Because this is your chance. Because if you email this question to anyone, you may not get a response. In Boston, New York, we've gotten things about bondage. We've gotten things about castration. We've gotten things about what kind of lube is good for anal. Somebody also didn't understand what uh, flared, why you'd need a flared base for any sort of anal toy. And so it was really fun explaining like that. That was really fun. And, anyway, and the look on his face was just like, oh, oh. And then he started talking about some crazy... What? <laughs> Did you just pantomime the butt plug coming out of your mouth? Well, if it doesn't have a flared base, then yeah. I have wondered that if... I ah, know, there's too many roadblocks along the way. It'd be really neat if that so happened. So turns in the intestine. Yeah, if that actually did happen, that'd be pretty neat. It'd be pretty goddamn amazing. Yeah. Well, Vlad the Impaler, he got that name for impaling people, and what he would do is he would take a, a pole and shove it in the ass and then slowly push it until it came out. Why mouth. are you saying things? <laughs> That's different. That's very different. No applause for Bram Stoker's Dracula. Whatever. I got him. I got him. <laughs> Barely. Blah. Violence. There's a. I go through. I. I. Um. I actually go into slight shock. Like, in Glorious Bastards, I actually went into shock. Like, like blood left my extremities, and I started shaking uncontrollably and, like, almost passed out. Yeah, it was really... So I have... I, like, have so much compassion, I can't even handle it. <laughs> or I'm just a really huge dork. Um, yeah, any questions? Thoughts? Yeah. On the all- internet, no one can see your face. It's yeah, that's true. Totally okay. We're safe here. There's a photographer, but I wouldn't use any photos of somebody coming up that hadn't already consented. Because this is a consent-heavy space. <sighs> OMG. Okay. No? No questions? No, I, no burning? I can come to you. Sweet. Oh. Oh, out in the audience? Oh, my God. Hello. Howdy. So, speaking of internet anonymity, yesterday I was browsing Reddit on 2X chromosomes, and this girl posted a question to the forum, which said, what is the weirdest thing you've ever wanted to try? What I wanted to try, not me personally, the poster, was she wanted to pour hydrogen peroxide into her vagina while she had her period to see what would happen. And my question to you is, is that safe, and what would happen? That is a hell of a question. While you guys are postulating the real answer... Let me just bullshit. Um... I think <laughs> you ever have a root beer float? <laughs> I think it's a lot like that, except it tastes more like metal. <laughs> Thank you. 
God, well, number one, I'd want her to dilute it. Because that's that could really hurt. That could deeply hurt, actually. So I'm like, dilute that shit. And if, if she has any cuts, any tears in her labia anywhere, that's just, that's going to do what hydrogen peroxide does when it hits a cut. Like, so that's going to be all painfully, like, science project-y looking. Uh, I don't see a good outcome. You know what's really funny about this question, though? Is that just earlier today, for, I don't know why, but I was asking to Marie about uh, injecting alcohol, like gin or vodka, into your ass or vagina, and which one would hurt more? And she was like, well, I don't know. And I was like, but you get drunk really fast. I'm like, I want to try that. And like, I was actually on board. Like, that seems to be something that I want to try. And so for like 10 minutes in my life today, I was deeply thinking, like, this is something for science. I just want to understand. Well, I mean, there's there's definitely people who already use tampons soaked in alcohol and shove them in oh, their right. asses. But you brought in next level shit, which was lube injector, where you just like send it up there and hope for the best. Well, like a coffee enema, which I, I'm all that's questionable in terms of, but I'm not going to judge the people's health decisions. Um, but yeah, I just it's so far beyond what I've attempted as a human being. I just it'd be interesting. I have really low alcohol tolerance. And my mind immediately, going back to that question, was thinking about acid versus base. Like, I was thinking pH immediately, and, like, what it would do that, and, and like, oh, that, no. No. Basically. Basically, no. What is hydrogen peroxide in terms of pH balance? Do you know? I don't know if it's more of a base or an acid. Peroxide. It neutralizes? It's great as an oral rinse. Oh yeah, no hydrogen peroxide is fantastic. You, well, you dilute it first, and then you rinse it out. And the chem- the chemical reaction with cuts and things—it's not like it. I feel like I have somebody in the audience who really wants to talk science. Is there anybody in the audience that wants to talk science right now as to what hydrogen peroxide actually does when it hits cuts and things? No? Scientists. No. Come on, you guys love calculus. <laughs> no. I don't think that's how that works. No, no, no. it's just me. I thought that hydrogen peroxide didn't actually hurt. Like, it bubbled, but it doesn't really it cause pain. It's not like alcohol, where, like, alcohol stings. But, like, hydrogen peroxide just kind of... Yeah, it flushes. It. There's something about it turns... Something changes when it hits like an open cut, and it actually it turns to water or something. It just flushes out the wound. It oxidizes and... Someone just said it makes blood cells explode. I, I need you to... This is a podcast. And for that, there needs to be... It's just your voice. Believe me. We're, safe space here. I'm not judging you. I welcome... It causes a reaction in the cells that the cells then... Ex- the cells then explode, and that's why it fizzes. Though he is cringing at my very dumbed-down excuse. So you two are friends. Yes. Or more. And he's leaning away from the mic. Are, do you have fear of the microphone? He does. Uh, typical couple reaction. Typical reaction. Woo, let's, let's welcome into the circle of trust. We're, we're not a couple. She had her chance. Whoa. Oh, snap! Oh, snappity snap! And I turned it down. <laughs> it just got real. I'm about to say, you better say and now, more. Now, wait, wait, wait. Now he wants to talk about hydrogen peroxide now that he talked about his feelings. <laughs> I mean, safe space. I'm not judging. It doesn't make your cells explode. 
It makes now, see, it's H two O two. It's got that extra oxygen, and when it reacts with the chemicals in your blood, it frees that extra oxygen, and that's what causes the fizz. It's the same basic reaction as Alka Seltzer, except instead of carbon dioxide, it's just free oxygen. So it turns into water. And it doesn't actually, it shouldn't actually hurt. It feels weird and fizzy, but it's not rubbing alcohol. It doesn't hurt. So if you were to put it where this Redditor, this, it's not me, it's my friend. It's not me, it's this person I saw on Reddit. So far, the best explanation is actually the root beer float. Yeah, but here's the thing. You are a beautiful man. If you don't dilute the hydrogen peroxide, like when you want to bleach teeth, they'll use that, and it can you can start to eat away at the li- mucus lining of the inner cheek. Like I'll feel that. So if you don't dilute it a lot, like that could really hurt. And we're having opinions here. This is really interesting. I love when it's like, oh, what do we know? Let's put our heads together. How could we figure this out? I have a feeling that wouldn't be the greatest thing. I just have a feeling. I should get on Reddit later. Oh, but then it's a deep. Dark. I've spent hours. I've spent hours on that place. We got any other questions? Things? Wait. Oh, we got questions. Come on down. Get it. Get it, Daryl. Get it. Get it. Ooh, yeah. Aw, my token black man. He's running. He's are you okay? You know I'm all right. (laughs) He's all right. All right. How do you negotiate a polyamorous relationship when you go from being engaged to being with somebody else in a polyamorous relationship? How do you do it? Wait, you're engaged with one person. Yeah, and then they want to switch to polyamory. How do you do it? Wait, oh my, red flag, red flag, red flag. You are still engaged. You yeah. are still having the same relationship. It just so happens that they also want to be polyamorous. Right. How so do you how do you make the switch? How do you make the switch? It's such an odd. I mean, just your language that you're using. It's like, I mean. Well, it's a conversation, how you both feel. Well, the, the switch could be allowed, but how do you go about it with finding partners? Oh, wait, you're more concerned with the finding yeah, other partners? Yeah, the finding partner part. Well, the term polyamory, to me, means having multiple relationships um, of varying degrees of importance or, or uh, of connection, right? But it sounds like if you're engaged... I, for me, I, people's geometry and polyamory are so different. I mean, do you have opinions? Are you feeling things? Yeah, I can, yeah, I can do that. Um, yeah, the geometry depends on how you want, if you want a third, or do you want to separately have different relationships? Or if you, like, what does that mean? You know, that, that's, first it's defining, because polyamory is a huge umbrella term. It's like saying, like, do you want food? Because I want food. Yeah, let's get food. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's a lot of food. That's, I mean, that's a perfect way to put it, because the question with polyamory is just, it's so big. It could encompass, are we just going to pick somebody up at a bar? Is this going to be a thing that we do one time? Is this someone that you date on the side and I don't necessarily know about it? Is this going to be someone that we are both dating? Are we going to date this person and also their partners? Like, this can manifest in any way that you fucking want to. And so it's a matter of, like, having the discussion, what is it about polyamory that is appealing? What is it that I am comfortable with it? What is the desire? What do I want to get out of it? What are my fears? And, like, being more detective-y about it, about what ultimately you want to get out of it. So that then, I mean, there's no right, there's no wrong. I mean, the way... As long as everybody said what they wanted and we're continuing the conversation, you're doing it right. 
Yeah, I mean, open conversation is the first thing. Is just openness in terms of the reality of what you want. Or is one person going along with it? Or yeah, hardcore. Wait, you know, sir, you have a lot of things to say. Come up here, Mister. I'm wearing a tie. Get it? I. Yeah, the, the way you said that, I think the hardcore poly people are going to freak out that you put, we pick somebody up at a bar for a one-night stand in the same category with the way most poly people would talk about polyamory being relationship-based. I would, I would agree with you that I was including swinging in a broader sense of non-monogamy. So that's a really good point that you also need to clarify all the terms you're using. So like we bandy about poly and what does that really mean to you because some folks would include swinging and because just because you're hooking up one time doesn't mean you don't give a shit um and poly by definition polyamory that would is love because it's not polygamy that you're not marrying them so if you believe you can have an emotional connection with someone one night it still could be under that umbrella but I totally agree with you that it would be insulting to say that, you know, a poly relationship is invalid because someone else is a swinger. So, point totally taken. Well, as long as I'm, like, pushing stereotypes, I'm so fabulous that, like, a woman said, well, a one-night stand could be, like, a deep emotional thing, even though I never see them again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think... Well, There's been think? magic. There's one-night stand magic. Yeah. It exists. Guy I've never met. Um, All right. Well, here, if you're if you're lost for topics, I'll take you back to where you were in the beginning about race and say that I think you should look at it not from the standpoint of what attracts people, right? Because anything about body image could attract people. I think that. Race is the very last frontier of racism. And if race is the thing that is the deal breaker in attracting you to somebody, that that's the very last barrier of racism to be broken. I think so. That's the last one. Like, that, like after we fix everything else, that'll be the one. It's so different when it's not on the mic stand. It's weird. I guess. I mean, that's it's going back to that idea that, Same. like, yeah, in, in like 50,000 years, we're all just going to be like brown people. And then there can't be racism because everybody's a mutt, right? That's, that, it goes towards that theory, yeah. I can't wait. That would be social, fantastic. That's the social engineering program. That sounds really Hitlerish, dude. <laughs> Yes, but this one sounds weird too. Okay, yes, but also fetishization of race does not mean that racism is a race. Like, if you're specifically attracted to a race, that doesn't make you less racist. That means you might be attracted because of the beliefs that you have. Like, people who are like this will be like this in bed, or yada, 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 yada. I want to date white women because they're more nimble. I don't know. Whatever. Are, are they more nimble? Is that a thing? Set of things. I need to start yoga. It was um, that, uh, that, that. We totally got off topic of the polyamory. <laughs> oh yeah, stuff. that's right. I was going to bring up another race thing. That's fine. Oh, wait, you want to talk about race? Hey, remember? Uh, oh, I, I say remember, like everybody knows it. <laughs> but uh, there was this. Uh, some school did some study where they broke down uh, the most researched porn by state, 
like the thing that was searched the most. And like in a lot of the southern states, it was like ebony porn, which is amazing because that was like. The- oh, yeah, that was a recent thing that came out from. Um, oh, which porn site? Does anyone know? Pornhub. Pornhub, yes. Yeah, it was. And yeah, all this, the Bible Belt was ebony as the top yeah. search yeah. word. Oh, yeah. And, so and, and here we were college, and I imagine it's because of all the colleges. And California and Washington were Asian. Yeah. We covet what we see every day, Clarice. <laughs> <laughs> nice button. All right, guys, I'm going to be here. Please grab some drinks. Let's hang out for a little bit. And thank you so much for coming out to Six Fish on the Show. Go Team Fun! Hey, naughty monkeys. Okay, guys, so you just listened to the Philadelphia show. Um, it was a ton of fun. I really had a good time. You guys, Philadelphia, you came out. We partied. It was great. We had a lot of good laughs. Memories. Okay. However, something was bothering me even after I recorded that show. And it was that I hadn't really... It'd been on my mind the idea of um, kind of being sought out or not sought out depending on your ethnic background. And it stemmed from some research that I'd seen on OkCupid uh, Trends. That blog, and because we talked in the OK Cupid Casanova episode about like how neat the stats are and you know how to online date, all all great. But I am here at Woodhull Sexual Freedom Summit, and I see my good friend Twana Hines or Funky Brown Chick. Hi, hi, how are you? I'm really good. It's been a great conference. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I've loved the conference. Our minds have been blown away a lot this weekend. Um, but um, Tawana's fantastic. She came and was wonderful to be a guest on the February New York show where we talked about monogamy. However, the sound didn't work out so well, so we weren't able to release it. But, I mean, for anybody who came to that show, oh my God, smart cookie. Uh, so I, and Tawana being a black female yes. who's known for dating, um, she... When I start, I'm like, oh my god, I have to talk to you about this. What if on OKCupid okay Trends, there's a graph and all the people of ethnic backgrounds get a certain amount of attention on there and black females uh, come in way last. And I feel bad about it and I don't know what to do and it seems weird. Why? And Tawana, tell us about things. Oh, there's so much to talk about when it comes <laughs> to those things. Yeah, I think in a certain light, what OKCupid okay trends is doing is really interesting, right? It's like taking statistics from their site and saying, hey, we have all of these people on the site, so that means we have data that we can look and see what are the trends, hence OkCupid trends, which is fantastic. We can look and see what's going on. I think where one of the limitations comes in is that if you extrapolate that data, so if you say, hey, look, this is what's going on on OkCupid. Oh my God, dudes on OkCupid are not writing black chicks back. What's going on? Oh my God. That data is only representative of OkCupid data. Because if you're a black woman and you're interested in dating black men, if you're just interested in dating, chances are more likely that you're signing up for blackpeoplemeet.com, blacksingles.com, or other sites that are more geared towards African-American community, not necessarily exclusively on OkCupid. And so when OkCupid reports, hey, here are the trends that we're seeing, they're reporting the trends for the people that are on their site. If you're a white dude and you're super into black chicks and you want to date a black chick, 
you probably have a better chance finding one who wants to date you and black people meet or black singles or things like that. You'll find more black women there than you would ostensibly on OkCupid. Okay, so that was like, oh, right. Okay, so because you started out as a dating blogger, like, like what is your background? Like, I mean, are you a sexuality educator, et cetera, et cetera? Like, tell me everything. Yes, all those things. I want to tell you that and more, Sandra, more. Yeah. So I started out actually in international affairs, oddly enough. I worked at the American Embassy in The Hague for State Department. And then after that, I worked in international education for a number of years. So working exclusively in education, getting people learning other languages, travel abroad, learn about other countries, things of that nature, and then made the jump to sex education when I moved to New York City in 2005. I had an anonymous blog called Funky Brown Chick. No name, no face, just all the stories of the crazy dating adventures in New York. Um, How it was very difficult for me, not because I'm a black woman, but because I'm living in New York City where the choices are endless and a lot of people, regardless of age, ethnicity, things of this nature, talk about how transient New York is, both on your living situation, dating, friendships, jobs, just the nature of how things work there. So anonymous blog, Nerve Magazine, comes across my path, and they say, would you like to write a column for us? They've been reading my writing. They think it's funny. They like what I'm writing. Nerve, which is not necessarily targeted to African-American people. It's just a sex and photo at that time magazine about sexuality you know smart talk about sex they're not around anymore right i don't know well they're not printed they are online i think the site yeah and they own Babel, which they sold to disney so they're yeah yeah so they're doing pretty good um big tall rufus is the owner over there and he's (laughs) tall and he's big and so uh yeah so i started uh, doing a column with nerve which was fantastic and that was really kind of a launching pad for me because then lifetime television for women saw what i was writing and said would you like to write for us and i said absolutely (laughs) and so i started writing for a lot of different people and my background is in sociology and started international affairs i was always interested in how do different ethnicities races nationalities interact with each other and i had been publishing on that academically made the jump to pop culture so here i am seeing you in the hallway being like what's up with black women not getting dates and i appreciate that you were like no it's a select what did you say a selection bias yes selection. Or, or, or sample bias is yeah, it sample? exactly it's a bias of the sense that they're making claims about black women based on their particular data from their site. Not census data, not data that's like sampling of our population as a whole, but looking at who's dating on OkCupid and saying, black women don't get responses, black women don't do this, and not saying, OkCupid specific daters do this or do that. Well, I also, I mean, I... I'll be honest also, I think that I jumped to that conclusion of this representing online dating in general. And that's why I love my smart, smart friends who have experience in research and knowledge in all these different things because we all together put our heads together and figure things out. So when I'm misaligned, uh, or I'm, when I'm out of alignment, um, you come along, Tawana, and you're like, no, 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 no. It's like this. I'm like, oh, right. That's just okay, Cupid. And perhaps the population, different ethnic groups that come to that site might not represent the population as a whole. So instead of me feeling bad about uh, black females and what's happening with their messaging back and forth, maybe I should just calm down and um, call a friend. 
Yeah, because here's the thing that's interesting. Say blackpeoplemeet.com decides to like look at their data and say, hey, let's look at who's writing to who. And they find, oh my God, how strange. White dudes on blackpeoplemeet.com are more likely to respond to black women and reach out to black women than they are white women. Oh my God, white dudes love black women more than white women. That's not necessarily what's going on. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But if you're a white dude on blackpeoplemeet.com, you may be looking for a black person to date, believe it or not. And so different sites have their different trends and things like that. I've been on them all. I'm on OkCupid, and I have the red dot right next to me because I get more people writing to me than I write back. And white dudes write me more than black men do on OkCupid. Um, I've been on JDate. Uh, yeah. JJ. Yes, for Jewish people. It was fantastic. I loved it. And I actually wrote a uh, piece about how I got to the part where they said ethnicity. And I was so excited because I'm like, oh, they already know non-Jewish people are on the site too. So I was looking for like black, non-Hispanic, African-American. So I click ethnicity or whatever it was or the title of it, what I thought would be ethnicity. And it's like, okay, give it to us. Sephardic, Ashkenazi, so it's like naming all these different things. I'm like, uh, <laughs> black girl raised in the South. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, so what about uh, if you've been all up in the dating world? And different ethnicities and how they date and whatnot. I mean, it, that's a, that's a huge topic. And I know this is just an amendment. That's like a whole other topic for a whole other podcast. This is an amendment to my Philadelphia show where I was like, let me get some other minds on this. And it's like, I like when I'm shown that I'm wrong or I came to, I, I follow some sort of train of logic and I still ended up in some place that wasn't accurate. And I, I, and I appreciate those moments. So I'm appreciating this moment. Um, but on the topic of ethnicities and dating, do you have specific thoughts? I haven't even really considered this much deeper than. You should, you should do an entire podcast on ethnicity and dating. I've written a lot about this based on census data. And we know that, for example, um, well, one of the things I read, um, so a friend, a friend of a friend did a wonderful documentary, uh, that was picked up by PBS and it was called Seeking Asian Female. And so it was looking at, Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah. 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 Really, really good film. And so then she had this, uh, web series program called They're Also Beautiful about dating trends and things like that and who dates who and all of this data. So I pulled into it and said, okay, when we look at census data, who is likely to cohabit with who? Who's likely to marry with who? And we know that across different ethnic trends that people are actually very interested in dating quite widely and interested in um, getting to marry, date, whatever, people that may or may not match their ethnicity. Yeah, I've noticed that um, just... I mean, being half and half, there weren't many. Ha- I'm half and half Filipino and Irish. I learned something new today. I didn't know that, sweetie pie. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's why my face looks like this. Um, and I, I just, I, I was so excited when I found someone else who was half and half, especially half Asian continent, half European continent. It was just like ah, because um, I'm like. I didn't have people who looked like me growing up. And now I see so many people um, who are younger and half and half. And so it's like, oh, there are so many of us. So I guess it's, it seems like now that dating exotic, Oh my God, what's the word? Exogenously? Um, outside your ethnic group? Oh, ethnic ex- dating, I say. Okay, interethnically dating. And no, that's okay. It's just like, I, I these are just anti- ad- antidotes. Antidotes? Oh my god! I need to get. I need to like caffeinate. Oh my god! <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it's anecdotal, but I have just 
I've just noticed a lot of people who don't want to date within their own ethnic group that they feel that it's much more attractive to date outside their ethnic group. Have you, can you speak to that at all? Is that I've just an observation? I don't know if that's true. We do know that. I mean, it used to be illegal, right, for different ethnic groups to marry. Like the U.S. Uh, government said, nope, 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 can't have that happen. And that was stricken down in 67 with the Loving versus State of Virginia um, Supreme Court ruling that said we can't stop people from marrying each other if they want to. Because before that, if you were dating someone, so your parents, for example, if one's Filipino and one's white, legally they could be dra- hauled out of bed dragged into court and um, get in trouble for doing that because it was illegal to do so. So ever since then, since it's been legal and since it's been tracked by the U.S. government and others, it's been upwards. It's been definitely an upwards tick. About 10% of marriages in America are inter-ethnic, interracial marriages. And so we do know that at 1 in 10, that's quite high. When you think of 67, wasn't that long ago, and it was illegal in 67. Lots of, that's really high. Yeah, lots of people on the planet now were born and alive in 67. That's not that long ago. Neat. Is there anything specific that you're interested in on this topic? Anything like, like neat little factoids or anything? Asian American women, like as far as factoids, 55% of Asian, Asian American women in America are cohabiting with someone who is not Asian American. So more than half. And that's the only group for which more than half of the group is dating or cohabiting with someone who's not their same ethnicity. That's a factoid. Huh. Uh-huh. 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 Um, I mean, do you find that uh, as an African-American person, or do you call yourself black, African-American? What do you, I know your Twitter is uh, funky brown chick, so I guess you call yourself brown. Well, well, yeah, descriptively, and the way that I came up with that is that I was, I'd been online since the internet's existed. I've been on IRC, Angel Fire, I used to like us before there was Google and all these things. I've been in love with the internet. And I've had a lot of different web journals, blogs, different things like that, live journal type things um, throughout this time. So in 2005, when I decided, okay, I need to pick one thing that I'll stick with, picked Funky Brown Chick because I thought I've always been that quirky girl that didn't quite fit in with anybody's group, you know. Um, My skin's always brown. I've lived in Europe for half of my 20s, and I've lived in a lot of different places. So whether colored, Negro, Sfart, or whatever name people are using to describe different people, my skin color will be brown, regardless of whatever phrasing you use. That's the color of it. And I'm a chick, very femmy chick in that. So funky brown chick, and I stuck with it. So I don't have a big thing between African-American or black or whatever. I usually just use black. Um, Yeah, just, yeah. And do you, have you noticed, do you find that people seek you out for dating you specifically because of your ethnicity or, because that was kind of the thing that I've been thinking about is when people were like, I really want to date Jewish guys right now, or I really want to date Asian women right now, or, or black chicks or whoever it's. It's just a new thought. It's something that's kind of been mulling around in my brain. Is I don't know how I feel about that as sort of like, yeah, I want to date those people yeah. instead of being like, oh, this person's really cool and this is part of them. But anyway. No, I no, you're onto something really big there and I totally agree with you. I'm open to dating everybody and I've dated – if. I've fucked my way through half of Europe and <laughs> through much of the United States. And so I totally have dated a lot of different ethnicities, nationalities, things of this nature, ages, stuff like that. 
I'm not interested in someone who wants to date my ethnicity. I'm interested in someone who wants to date me. So if a dude comes up to me and he's like, oh my God, I've never been with a black woman. I hear black women are crazy and fun and bad or whatever. It's like, fuck off. I'm not interested in you. Yeah. Are they? <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I love that. I might be. Who knows? Yeah. We, are, we both. I mean, all black women are. <laughs> we attended a whole thing actually on female black sexuality and reclaiming the fact that you were either, you know, a lady in the street or freaking the bed and that, that odd polarization of, of sexuality. And it's true because it is. And I think, and we talk stereotypes and things like that. There is this idea that either black women are these wonderful, you know, church going wonderful human beings that are good and holy and just like sweet little sweet little pure delicious little drops of candy chocolate candy you know and then the other side you've got the like oh black women they're like over sexualized they've got big asses they like will go down and you do whatever you want they're down for it so it's like those are both stereotypes you know are some black women wild and crazy and swinging from the sex swing on the uh, ceiling, absolutely. Are some white women doing that? Absolutely. You know, so it's like everybody's kind of into what they in particular are into. Right. Each person has their own sexuality that may or may not be the behaviors that you think that would align with their ethnicity. It's There's so many stereotypes. Yes, stereotypes are everywhere. Like we need a, we need like a middle way stereotype. Like black women, man, they sure are. Even-tempered, relaxed, mellow, living in Europe, uh, date empowered human beings. Man, stereotype. Yeah, yeah, and this is the thing. It's like women, and this is what's so beautiful about humanity, right? It's like people are so incredibly different. Even if you take two people of the exact same ethnicity, grew up in the exact same town, start dating each other, One's a dude, one's a chick, or both are dudes, or both are chicks, whatever. Um, or one's transgender, who knows? And doesn't like the word dude or chick, you know? All of these things. They may have a million things in common, or they might have all kinds of conflicts. Think of it this way. If you, listener, right now, have been in a relationship with someone who is of the same ethnicity as you were, did that mean that you had no conflicts in your relationship whatsoever? Did that mean you understood everything exactly the same? Agreed on everything? Never argued? No. People are human, and they're so nuanced and different. In every ways, it's possible to be different. Uh, yeah, I hear you. Honey <laughs> bear. If you guys could see her, she's so cute right she's, now. She's like, I'm feeling things. Oh, are man. Are you feeling the love? Are you feeling the love? I'm feeling all the thoughts. Yeah. I think my brain is just from this weekend and like all the, all the vocabulary words and ways to... New ways to think about sex and, and, and legal issues and freedoms and, and how different ethnic groups relate. It's just, it's been a lot. I don't know. I'm, it's been a great couple of days. Yeah. And that's the thing, which is why it's, thank you for having me on your podcast. I think it's not so much about like, all of us have to know everything about all the things that, that are possible to be known at all times or else we're just wrong, wrong, wrong. It's that we all have our little corners of the world that we're interested in, like, kind of following what's going on and that and stuff like that. We dip into other corners. Sometimes we dip a lot, sometimes not so much. And we just find out what we can. I myself, too, learned a million things this weekend and um, kind of thought about things that I've done not so mindfully. You know, like, for example, seeing someone like, hey, what's up, woman? Maybe that is a woman, maybe it's not. So it's like really thinking about how I address people even. 
You know, it's like we all can learn. We all grow. We do. We, we totally do. Thank you for amending the Philadelphia show um, with a little more knowledge and context. Um, I appreciate you, Twan Hines. Where can everyone find you? Everyone can find me in funkybrownchick.com. Um, and I'm everywhere with that exact same moniker. So Facebook, Twitter, all of those things. Get down with a funky brown. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Oh, wait. Was that racist? No. <laughs> if you said, hey, Negro, that may have been <laughs> something else. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. All right. Go team fun, guys. <laughs> Now leaving Nerdist.com.